Live from the Lincoln Douglas Building in downtown Quincy. The only local show taking a principled stand on the issues of the day. This is how it happens. It's the natural process of things. The view of the entrenched is predictable, but it's also erroneous. With Sean Seacrease. We have an addiction in this country, not only to government welfare and government handouts, but more fundamentally to other people's money. And Quaid. Again, you're dancing with government. This is the morning meeting. You cannot continue to advocate for status quo when status quo has run the ship aground. On Talk Radio 930, WTAD. It's already Friday, and the morning meeting with you again. Sean Seacrest, Quaid, Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, on the way this morning yeah. on the morning meeting. We are just a handful of days away from the final presidential debate. What does Craig think each candidate needs to accomplish in that last debate in order to head into Election Tuesday with momentum? Quaid, latest polls show Clinton up right about seven, if you kind of meld them all together. Uh, the uh, uh, plus or minus uh, margin of error, usually three on these. So while it's not a commanding lead, it is, if the the cross-section of voters are to be believed, it is, I would say, a significant lead heading into the last debate. Uh, It's still, uh, you got to talk electoral numbers. I I, I get it, uh, but we're close enough now that at the end of the day, this isn't uh, a popular election when it comes right down to it. It's about the electoral college. So uh, show me the electoral map as opposed to percentages and plus or minus. So I think we're on that, and you're going to see that uh, with focus groups before the debate, after the debate, and how that starts to to uh, to filter out. You're going to start hearing about that key number, 270, from the Electoral College yeah. for this debate and, and who has what and what states are in play. Of course, we've talked about battleground states like Ohio, and there are, there are models on both sides, and I'm not going to get way into mathematical modeling uh, on this. There are sites, entire sites dedicated to this, but there are Electoral College models from both sides of the political spectrum that have this simply coming down to who wins Pennsylvania. Yeah, well, that's why you're going to see a lot of stories. If you're mm-hmm. online and you go to the aggregators, you're going to, why are there an inordinate number of uh, news stories that focus on Pennsylvania? Oh, previously, it was Ohio. Mm-hmm. You, know, you see that because exactly what you said. Everybody seems to be bringing it down to that because they're doing what I was just asking you to do, and that's playing the electoral game as opposed to the popular vote game. Also coming up this morning on the morning meeting when we get Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, on the Iowa Department of Natural Resources may have just curtailed Craig's income. What? We'll we'll, we'll get to that with Craig coming up uh, in just about uh, 28 minutes here on the morning meeting. I want to start. This is something that we had been talking about in our uh, pre-show production meetings uh, all week leading up to this. There is a, a feature that we used to have more often uh, on the show uh, that we have gotten away from simply because there's been so much news going on, uh, so many opportunities for us to, to talk with, with specialists about what's been going on. And that's the chance to, to open the phones, take calls, and kind of get at the topics that are on people's minds. So we want to get back to that and make this more of a regular feature of what's going on, especially on the run-up to the election. So we're going to dedicate 
uh, the remainder of this this first segment uh, to just that. Producer Josh is standing by. You want to join us this morning here on the morning meeting. Whatever political topic you have on your mind, 223-9300, 223-9300. Or if you want us to uh, pick up the nickel, 800-228-9823, 800-228-9823. Nine eight two three. Producer Josh will flash us one of the highly advanced uh, broadcast industry industry signals uh, to let us know that uh, you're with us this morning uh, as we go along. So please uh, join the show and uh, let us know exactly what you're thinking about heading into not only this third debate but the, the election as well as we head into this weekend. What were the numbers again? You work here. No, I'm asking you on behalf of the listeners. Two two three ninety three hundred. Mm-hmm. 223-9300 or 800-228-9823. 800-228-9823. I work here, but I work in a lot of studios, and there are a lot of different numbers in different studios that you have to remember. And they're all like 10 digits long, it turns out. So you got to remember all Well, we try that. and make it easy for everybody. By the way, talking about uh, Craig, you know who was in uh, Iowa yesterday in several different locations? You had... Uh, Wait, who was in Iowa yesterday? Bill Clinton was in uh, Iowa uh, uh, yesterday pretty much for the whole day uh talking to people meaning and this is uh, the next step i mean we've seen tim kane hillary's been there now bill is in iowa so uh democrats seem to think that that iowa is something that they can still make hay in but some of the things that he said that i found interesting we'll get to that uh, with craig uh, coming up uh, a little bit later in the show and of course how does the uh, hillary camp handle bill and the situations that he's kind of put them in uh, just by proximity to talk about that's also been a hot topic let's go to the phone this morning on the morning meeting good morning thanks for calling in thank you and thank you for this opportunity my husband and i were just talking this morning about um how they've used that same, the Democrats have used that same page from their playbook time and time again. And it starts in 2004. And, 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 and my husband just looked it up on the computer and got the name. So I'm going to turn this over to you. It's how they destroy their opponent with anything that, you know, uh, anything sexual or anything uh, that they find that isn't up to par. Hang on. We got a two-part. Oh, uh, yeah. Good morning. Good morning. Um, yeah, in nineteen, uh, well, in two thousand four, when Barack Obama first ran, ran for the uh, uh, Senate, mm-hmm. he, there was about six or seven people, Democrats, running for for that. Blair Hall was the primary candidate. That there was way far ahead of everybody until. He, somebody brought up, or his opponents brought up, the, the fact that he had been married three times and the divorces weren't so. Uh, so and they pressured the candidate to uh, withdraw regarding a protection file, which one of his uh, wives had filed against him in mm-hmm. the ballpark at that time. Again, uh, when Jack Ryan, uh, in uh, w- when Barack was a candidate and he ran against Jack Ryan, uh, Chicago Tribune um, forced uh, got uh, persuaded a California court to open up a, a child custody case, and that really uh, destroyed um, Jack Ryan and knocked him out of the race. And then Alan Keyes ran as his opponent. 
then most recently with uh, Herman Cain, um, supposedly some ladies came out and accused him of sexually molesting them and so forth. And that, uh, you know, and then he dropped out of the campaign, and now Donald Trump and these things. This is, comes out of a, a Democratic uh, playbook, uh, and um, uh, and that's just my comment. Yeah, okay. th- thank you very much for the call. Uh, th- these are common tactics, unfortunately, and this doesn't... Uh... This hasn't just originated uh, since Obama first ran for Senate in 04 no. uh, or for that. This this is simply sort of trying to tar people with the worst offense you can come up with. It is, it's a derivative of character assassination. And uh, Trump has made allegations at the New York Times, which today has said they will not retract the article that they printed. This is, is pure and simple attempting for character assassination because you don't feel like you can win on the issues, or at least you're not sure you can win on the issues. So this is something that, unfortunately, and, and it's it's tied to Democrats. I think that might be wrong. It, it's tied to a progressive liberal mindset. This is from the Saul Alinsky, Alinsky tactics mindset. Well, I would I would back it up a little bit further. I think people remember the the term, the politics of personal destruction, and mm-hmm. that precedes Barack Obama oh, yeah. by quite a while. And, and, and the Clintons, uh, to, to me, are tied uh, to the to that term, um, I think what what Barack Obama did better than the Clintons uh, was removing his opposition, finding reasons why they were unfit, whether legal or otherwise, to have them bow out or be taken out as a competition, and tougher to do that on a on a larger scale. But when you know you have a a media that is a willing participant. Uh, it, 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 it makes it, I won't say possible, but at least w- without, you know, legally having somebody removed, you can, in the court of public opinion, uh, kind of have them removed anyway, at least within the minds of a certain percentage of the voting public. Which is why it was always ironic to me. You mentioned that politics of personal destruction uh, that the Obama campaign had, had engaged in. That's why it was always ironic to me that the charge over the birther issue was brought up against him because it was an attempt to use that same philosophy against him to remove him from consideration. Mm, mm-hmm. Now it ended up being well, who, nothing who, there. Who started that? So you 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 go back to you know as we talk about politics politics of personal destruction. Where did that originate? It didn't originate with Donald Trump. Oh no, it precedes both. It, it, you, you you go back to da, 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 Clintons again. So I I don't I don't think that a this isn't new, but I think uh, as as far as I don't, maybe perfecting it is the wrong way to, to 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 frame it. But the Clintons are real good at it. You can join us this morning here on the morning meeting. Thank you again for the call. We got like the hook and lateral right there out of the gate. Started with the uh, handoff. 223-9300 223-9300 or 800-228-9823 800-228-9823 uh, You brought up Hillary Clinton and uh, the the willingness to play political gamesmanship as often uh, as she has. And this should be no surprise in a state that is used to Mike Madigan, there is now uh, email accountability that Hillary's campaign tried to have the Illinois presidential primary this year move to a later date. And they wanted to do this for obviously purely political reasons. Their theorizing was that a contest held after the Super Tuesday primaries 
would serve to stop the momentum of a moderate Republican candidate and emphasize, uh, and, and the emails also went on to emphasize that Clinton uh, and her husband, quote, never forget a political favor. So this is part of the email that has come from uh, the hack of the John Podesta emails that was turned over to WikiLeaks. The, but, but uh, and I would say, if, if Speaker Madigan were, were the one on the receiving end, is that what you were impl- saying, that there was an email to... No, no, Speaker Madigan was involved in no way in this. I'm just saying a state that is used to uh, political strong-arm tactics and hijinks that has been run by Speaker Madigan since the early 80s. Mm-hmm. We covered this with Austin Berg and the, uh, the Madigan documentary, which we'll get to more on that coming up before Craig Robinson. But ever since he, he drew the map that gave really unprecedented political power to the Democratic Party in the state as far as a long-term stranglehold, uh, since then the state has become used to these sorts of things. And I'm, I'm not in any way saying that there was contact between the, the Hillary campaign and the Madigan okay. uh, campaign, but just that we're used to these kinds of gamesmanship Standard moves. operating procedure sure. within the land of Lincoln. I, you don't have to go any further than Rod Blagojevich. But where is Rod Blagojevich these days? Let me think. Uh, oh, yeah, he's, he's behind bars. But on the other side, I do feel like I have to say this, because this plays to a part of my personality. Gamers got a game. We got another call this morning here on the board. If you set the rules, I can play within them. I can play within them. And if I don't like them, sometimes I can kind of uh, have them changed. Thanks for joining us this morning here on the morning meeting. Good morning. Good morning. We enjoy your program so much. We listen every morning. That's very kind of you. Thank you. Both of you are very, uh, very talented and very much aware of things and have a very good understanding of what's going on. Uh, We're talking about the indiscretions of the Clintons today. And I guess this fits in with it. Um, last night on Robert Dalby's show, he mentioned that uh, Yoko Ono, I believe she had exposed it, that she and Hillary had had a, uh, an affair. It was in the 70s. So they aren't really white. I, I believe that uh, Trump, he, he's not the, the greatest man in the world, but he, as he said on his debate, his words, Bill's and Hillary's are actions. Thank you for the call. I hadn't heard about the Hillary and uh, Yoko Ono situation. Uh, let, let me ask you real quickly, as, as a female voter, uh, certainly charges of, of, of sexual assault aren't to be taken lightly, but for you, and, and this doesn't have to speak to just Trump, for you, is that enough to rule out a candidate just on those charges? Could be a candidate for any office. Well, it might if things weren't so critical that uh, that's, not, that's not the most important thing on this election. I think the most important thing on this election is their their policies and their their uh, plans for the country, and I I I'm, I wouldn't rule out Trump for that. No, thank you very much for the call. I had not heard anything about Hillary Clinton and Yoko Ono to to tell you the truth. Yeah, you know, and as we talk about uh, issues over tabloid type of stuff. Mm-hmm. I I don't know that I that I in even introducing the idea into my brain is is causing me harm right now. I I don't know that I want to even think about Hillary Clinton and Yoko Ono. But it's an interesting point that that she brought up was that this election is invaluable to the direction of the country and where we're going to go in the future. Neither candidate is perfect. In fact, I'd say both candidates are far from perfect. But you're going to have to at some point 
participate in a system that calls on we the people as the final arbiter of picking our leaders, and whether it's hold your nose and vote for somebody or just well, vote against the the uh, uh, larger of the two evils as yeah. you see fit, there's going to have to be some level of, even if it's reluctant participation, participation. This, this is where, and we've known that this is where we've been ever since we had Intern Addie in here, uh, that there is more more people who are voting against a candidate mm-hmm. than voting for uh, each other. As far as holding nose, I think the country's holding its nose uh, right now and moving forward. What you have to see beyond is Election Day. What happens after that? Mm-hmm. Um, we, and that's why the, the whole SCOTUS argument has been brought up by conservatives. Right. What, you know, we, we've, we, we used to, before this really got high, and I mean like before the debate started, we would talk about what, what occurs in a lame duck session. What happens in uh, a new president's you know, first, first 100 days after inauguration? The, these are things that, you know, a, a country who's holding its nose, do they continue to hold their nose after the fact? I mean, we're so polarized right now. Do you think that's going to stop after Election Day? Or is a gigantic portion of this country still going to feel disenfranchised regardless of who wins? 800-228-9823, 800-228-9823, or 223-9300, 223-9300. Be patient. Producer Josh is uh, moving through as, as quickly as he can as we continue here with the calls this morning on the morning meeting. So, yes, sir. Um, sorry about that. So apparently uh, somebody took and decided to leave us a message instead of uh, <laughs> actually being on the phone call, and that's cool. But they just want to know um, what other so, races. Wait a minute. They're using you as the middleman. Apparently, I've got to be the middleman for this one. Uh, okay. What's your upcharge for this? Uh, I, I'm, I'm already here, so you okay. know what? I might as well. All right. Yeah, but anyway, he was talking about uh, we've heard about a few different races around you know the local area, but he said, what about stuff like Sullivan's, Fox, et cetera, et cetera? And uh, he just wanted to know if there was any news on that or well Sullivan is is not he's not running again so that's right now it's looking like that's going to be a, a Jill Tracy situation going forward so that was uh, that there's really no news on, on that front yeah uh, Randy Freeze uh, Jill Tracy I don't mm-hmm. know that there's uh, have you seen a whole lot of money spent on that that's because there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of opposition uh, to either of those two I don't know that those are in in question right now yeah those those really have been those races have been I don't want to say conceded or abandoned, but de-emphasized and, and I by would, the Democratic Party, and, both uh, in, the, in the county and, and in the region. And I would say to... Uh, the, it, the upcoming debate between Junius Rodriguez and Darren LaHood notwithstanding... Well, there's that. Uh, but I would say, say to the Democrats who are listening, this is what the, the districting gets you. You, you have mm-hmm. these safe zones. Governor Rauner was in this studio and talked about it, that two-thirds of the races are essentially uncontested because you know who's going to win because you know the voting patterns of the people who are in that district for the most part. So if you're a Democrat and you're okay with the direction the state is going, but you're concerned about this particular district not being contested, well, that's part of the issue as well. Yeah, your, your vote there was actually silenced in a way by the way they decided to concede a part of the political map within the state of Illinois 
under that Madigan plan. Yeah. Now, it's been successful before with having Democrat representation. We talked about uh, State Senator Sullivan, of course, but uh, with the announcement that he wasn't going to seek re-election again, uh, Jill Tracy, who's been immensely popular with constituents in this area. Mm-hmm. And as we get closer to Election Day, we will be talking again with uh, more of the candidates who you're going to see on the ballot, uh, hopefully on both sides of those issues, uh, as we get closer and closer to Election Day. We'll have to watch and see what that uh, debate looks like between LaHood and, and Rodriguez coming up that the uh, Springfield Journal Register is going to yes. host, and it's going to be the only debate uh, for that seat. All right, coming up this morning on the morning meeting, Craig Robinson, thank you for all your calls this morning. This is something uh, we hope to be able to do sort of every Friday here on the morning meeting uh, and any other time that we get the opportunity as well. What are you going to have a chance to take in that we thought you wouldn't get? We'll reveal that next on the morning meeting. Where we go, others will follow. That's who we are. Even if it's not the best idea. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. This is Mark Levin, and you're listening to The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Just a moment this morning before we grab Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, here on the morning meeting. We'll figure out if uh, the Iowa Department of Natural Resources has shut down some of Craig's earning power here in just a moment. Earlier this week on Wednesday, if you missed the interview, the podcast is up, WTAD.com or wherever you get yours. Austin Berg was one of the writers on the Madigan documentary put forth by the Illinois Policy Institute, and we took him to task for not arranging this to be shown in sort of West central Illinois outside of the capital. Well, now they've been able to put together a network of TV outlets that are, in fact, going to air Madigan, Power, Privilege, and Politics. And uh, in the uh, in the Quincy media market area, the, CD, the, the CW is going to be airing this uh, the next two Sundays. This Sunday, 11.30 a.m., next Sunday, 10 a.m. So you'll have two chances to watch this. Well, set your DVRs. Yeah, you can do that as well. Um, in fact, and it was interesting because Austin said that they there were there were things in the works when he was on with us, and we thought, well, okay, well, good. Well, he wasn't making that up because it was just a couple of days later that, uh, and it isn't just Quincy. Uh, Rockford is going to get uh, airings. Quad Cities, Peoria, uh, Harrisburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, uh, Champaign, Springfield, Decatur are all going to be uh, getting views of this uh, as well. So you don't necessarily have to go to the theater. And and at the end of the day, the, I don't think that this is about making money. This is about getting a story out. Well, and at the end of the day, too, it was a great opportunity downstate because all of the screenings, Elmhurst, Chicago, Kankakee, Downers oh, yeah. Grove, Naperville, those were all up north. Yeah. So now you're going to have wider dissemination throughout the state. So mm-hmm. I think this is uh, this is great if you want to take this in. Madigan, power, privilege, and politics. I know I will be, and it's going to air on the CW locally, uh, 11.30 a.m. this Sunday and 10 a.m. next Sunday. All right, that's uh, good news to hear. That's going to get some wider distribution. Coming up this morning on the morning meeting, Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, next on the morning meeting. Giving conservatives a voice in the tri-states. I mean, this stuff moves people. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. WTAD. 
That would be dangerous. It's the morning meeting on Talk Radio 930 oh. WTAD. Get it open. Get it open. Hang on. It, it can't be fizzy. Be- there we Woo! go. Now it's Fizzy Beverage Friday with Craig. Quaid brought some organic something else that oh. after the previous experience with the dandelion and burdock, neither producer Josh gosh, nor I. You liked I my root beer last week. Want to try it? Go ahead, try it. Oh, gosh. Go ahead. Make fun of my wolf bear. That's actually pretty good. Go ahead, Josh. That's actually what pretty good. It only smells a little bit like cough medicine. It actually <laughs> actually tastes tastes all right. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican with us this morning on the morning meeting. Uh, Craig, are you going to be able to make ends meet? I'm concerned about your uh, a future income after the Iowa Department of Natural Resources announced further restrictions on turtle trapping in Iowa. <laughs> Yeah, how amazing is that? I mean, who knew? I mean, I, I think I'll get by, but okay. it might be tough. New, new, new rules are going to limit turtle trappers to six or fewer turtles a day and uh, bar <laughs> trapping during a six-week period in late spring. Hey, what? Maybe that's the turtle how, romance how, zone. Why do you need to trap a turtle? I mean, I, I could catch a turtle. <laughs> <laughs> Craig Robinson, yes, the Iowa Republican, like a chicken or something, with no. us, or, or a greased-up hog. The power of yes. turtle trapping. That's right, turtle but, trapping. But what's next? We're going to put a limit on frogs you can gig. I think they've already well, maybe done we that. Should, maybe we should have a turtle season. Mm-mm. That's right. You turtles, know. turtles wrecking too much of the ecosystem. <laughs> Just dashing all over the place. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, with us this morning on the morning meeting. Craig, we're a handful of days away from the third and final presidential debate. I want you to be our projectionist this morning on the morning meeting. Let's start with Hillary. In your mind, you're advising the Hillary Clinton campaign. Mm-hmm. What does she have to do to maintain or extend the lead that she's seeing in the polls. Uh, the polls averaging uh, about a seven-point lead for Hillary right now. Yeah, she has to ignore Donald Trump, and she needs to uh, focus on her audience and become likable, uh, acceptable, um, thoughtful. Um, don't get into this tit-for-tat uh, exchange with, with, with Trump. And so I think if she does that, she extends her lead. If she gets personal and feels the need to volley with him on the, you know, whatever issue it is, then I don't think that looks very good for her. And, and again, it's all about likability with Hillary Clinton. You just listed off three things that are very difficult for her to do uh, and, and her campaign. Ignore Trump, uh, be likable, be personable. Uh, they, they stay upright. And stay upright. But they, they've had to focus on him because the more the the narrative is Trump, the better she does. The more the narrative is her, the worse she does. So what you're telling her to do, I, what we've been shown, would actually hurt her, wouldn't it? No, it, not at all. I think the, the, the thing is for her to talk about the country and not her, not what she's going to do, but how she wants to move the country forward. She needs to forecast what a Clinton presidency would look like, and and so when when Trump's going to say outrageous stuff, you can't respond even nonverbally. You know, nod your head and discuss whatever, but you don't want that to take over the debate. And I think this really needs to end up being a just a a conversation about you know 
what America's standing in the world should be, what our domestic uh, priorities should be, what all of this. And I think, and, and, and take out the liberal talking point. Let's stop talking, like, I would say, hey, I have a 14-point lead among married women, okay, <laughs> which is killer for Trump. And so uh, I don't need to talk about equal pay for women, even though I know that's a liberal talking point. Talk about, talk about good-paying jobs for all workers. Broaden your message. Don't keep it confined. Uh, that would be my advice, Hillary Clinton. So essentially what you're saying is assume the win mm-hmm. and start using phrases like in my first 100 days and, and things yes. like this. Okay. Be, be, become more presidential. Mm-hmm. Which yep. I, I think would be a welcome change to what's been going it on. It would be a welcome change as a viewer for the tone of the debates and, yeah, and how absolutely. they have gone on. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, with us this morning on the morning meeting. All right, now I'm going to put you in the camp of the uh, team that's trying to come from behind here with the two-minute drill late in the fourth quarter. You're Donald Trump. You're down a touchdown. You've got all eyes on you nationally one more time. You're trying to do what? I take it right to her. And I would paint I would paint what Hillary's America would look like. I would be aggressive. I would be uh, in her face. I would talk about Bill Clinton and his, you know, and I would lay it out, too. It's like, you know, I find it ironic that Hillary Clinton doesn't think I should be in the White House because of something I said 11 years ago uh, that I thought was in private. But yet your husband, the last, when he lived in the White House, you know, he was he was impeached. He was, you know, the classic definition of sexual harassment uh, in, a, in a legal sense. And all of this stuff, I would go down those roads and basically say, she's no better than I am. And, and the other thing, and the most important thing he needs to do, is he needs to make the point that, look, the Dem- Hillary Clinton and the Democrats and the Democrat establishment, they don't like me. You get that. But you know what? The Republican political establishment doesn't like me either. And so the unique thing that I offer America is that I will do what's right for you, regardless of your party, regardless of, of you know, any uh, group designation you fall under. I will just do what's right because I'm not beholden to any of these two political parties. And proof of that is that they both despise me. Craig Robinson with us this morning on the morning meeting. That sounds like uh, sage, sage advice. Bill Clinton in Iowa in several different locations uh, yesterday. I'm going to pull a quote from one of his stops, and, and I think it dovetails with what you were saying, uh, Craig. He said, quote, we can do better than a candidate who wants to divide, distract, and demonize the other side. My question following that up was, well, which candidate is he talking about who at this point Who are you talking time? about? Are you yeah. that your campaign needs to get better? I mean, this is, this is the, look, when you look at what's going on with the attacks on Trump, this is, this is, this is a concerted effort for the Democrats. This is how they're going to wage their war on women. So they're not talking about abortion and, and, and those social issues. Instead, they're talking about his behavior uh, as a way. And, and, and look, this is more, uh, this has been more successful at getting those, you know, typically. Uh, Republicans win white married women. Um, but those white married women, I think, are turned off by Donald Trump. This is why the Democrats have sent me about um, nine pieces of 
negative mail about Donald Trump to my house because they're targeting my wife. Uh, I'm going to guess at some point in time, the uh, former president of the Iowa Federation of Women uh, was targeted as well. Did did President Clinton mention her in any of his speeches yesterday? I'm talking about Melissa Guessing. Yeah. Look, I find this to be very ironic. I, and I think a lot of this Never Trump movement and these people, this is all, they, they do this all for very selfish reasons, in my opinion. They want attention. They, they signed up for the job, and now they don't want to do it. And, and, and here's the thing. So, like, this, this gal also, like, does work for, you know, raises money for, for Congressman King, who says very outlandish stuff, too, but that doesn't seem to bother her. Um, so I just, I just think it's kind of a, uh, a weird timing to do this. And, look, they were the, – the company she works for was deeply involved in, in, in with Ted Cruz's campaign. So, you know, I don't know. I look at this stuff, and I just roll my eyes. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, with us this morning on the morning meeting. Uh, Craig, so much has been made of the moderators who have run the two previous debates. Uh, You're going to have an entirely different feel with the moderator that uh, is set to to handle this last debate from Fox News. I I can see his face, and his name's just slipping away from me at this moment when I want to bring him up. Is it Chris Chris Wallace? Wallace. Chris Wallace, yes, it is. Yeah. No, I think Chris Wallace is a professional. Um, I mean, where the heck was Anderson Cooper in this debate? It was like Martha Raddatz was, you know, uh, she was an active uh, component, mm-hmm. uh, opponent to uh, to Trump, where, you know, I just thought she went over over the, the road a little bit, over the line a little bit. Uh, I think Chris Wallace will be uh, a much better one. Uh, we'll, and I think this is, again, they're back to podiums. This isn't the weird um, Ken Bone debate where, you know, you have these, I tell you, the worst place to be at in a debate would be this, you know, you're one of 40 people sitting around the stage with cameras on you. That'd be awful during that last debate. My Lord, those people need to be uh, compensated for for cruel and unusual punishment. (laughs) Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican with us this morning on the morning meeting. By the way, the Ken Bone Halloween outfit is uh, rapidly shooting up. The white shirt, white tie red sweater. So uh, he may have the last laugh on that one. Uh, Craig, as as we look at, at this debate and, and how it continues to shape up as a winner take all, what? How does he get the last laugh other than... He's got to be compensated in some no, way, No, he has he? not copyrighted you know, the red sweater, white shirt underneath it. There, that's You know who's getting compensated for that is the, the companies hey, who are selling is, the suit. No, there is a GoFundMe page to help him raise yeah. money for a new greenhouse. <laughs> So he, the, I'm telling you, he's been making the media rounds. He might be what we remember most out of these uh, out of these presidential <sighs> debates, which is another comment on the country. So we get we get back to podiums, as you were saying. We get back to a, a traditional debate look coming up on on Wednesday night. There seems to me uh, heading into this debate to be an intentional uh, attempt to sully the water before it's even you know, let let out of the bathtub, so to speak. The mm-hmm. the further accusations against Trump, I found it very uh, compelling about what day 
they came out to give us a full media cycle leading into the weekend to get people worked yep. up about this, almost as if the the, the Clinton camp and, and, and her allies, whether you're talking about PACs or media or whatever, are intentionally setting this up to overshadow any talk about issues that, that would be appealing to the American public that she might lose on, like higher taxes, more government, uh, furthering Obamacare into single payer, things like this. Right. Well, and you already have, I mean, thanks to WikiLeaks, we already know that she was giving, uh, you know, topics of discussion uh, in her Democrat primary debate from Donna Brazil. I mean, um, look, this is every campaign, whether you're Republican or Democrat, will try to influence um, what's going on in the debate. I think that Hillary is in a uh, don't lose type strategy, um, which I think is wrong. Um, I, I think that can be dangerous. Prevent defenses don't tend to work very well. And here's the thing. Donald Trump is down, but he's not out. I mean, I saw uh, some internal polling this morning uh, of my state. And um, while I can't disclose all the information in it, I will say this, that she is so unlikable that he's still in this race, which is amazing to me. Uh, and, and his numbers really, uh, in certain demographics, are awful. But he still has a chance to turn it around. And so what if there's another October surprise and it involves Hillary or Bill Clinton? Um, I think we have to be watching for that. Cause I think, you know, again, she hasn't ever overcome her likability issue uh, with general election voting. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, some Republican leaders, donors, uh, uh, sort of party. Uh, well, I, I guess I'll just use the word leader so that we don't get any controversial than that, are reportedly uh, wanting the Republican Party to, to, to drop Trump. This is way too far into the process. I mean, we talked about this earlier in the year that it was too far in at that point. Uh, well, is, is this just setting up the next step of the game, which is, look, we wanted this, you didn't, and there might be a change affected in the Republican Party as we know it, and could that be Trump's actual legacy of shaking a party to its core? Well, yeah. I mean, here's the deal. Expect an overreaction by the GOP. Um, people will be punished. Reince Priebus will be run out of town. And and the overreaction will be either by um, kind of the Jeb Bush crowd saying, see, I was right all along. You should go with me, a very boring candidate that no one seems to like. Or um, the other overreaction will be the Ted Cruz wing, where we have to be Christian conservatives and, you know, onward Christian soldier. I don't think that's going to be the overreaction. And I think the reality is, is a true autopsy is this country has an appetite. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican. Did, did we just lose Craig? Craig, are you I'm there? Sure. We've lost you momentarily. Oh, there we oh, go. We've lost right. Greg. He sensed I was closing in on the Iowa football question for the week. <laughs> Boy, didn't we did this with Dwayne earlier this week, too. Yeah, I know. I know. We'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll give producer Josh a chance to, to ring him back up here and, and well, see what happens. I mean, we're close anyway. Yeah. Um, I, I, what I was going to get to with Craig was he was talking about the overreaction that he sees coming in the wake of a Clint, mm-hmm. Clinton win. Well, I, I think Clinton win or Trump win, the reaction because everything has a cause and effect, 
what will happen post-election, I don't think will change the fact that there is going to be a large chunk of this country that will feel disenfranchised and upset about it. And how will they respond or be, I would say, conditioned or led to respond after this election? Greg so one side's not, not going to be... Not going to be pleased. Craig Robinson, the Iowa Republican, back with us this morning after a hiccup. So, Craig, that's the situation with the Trump loss. With a Trump win, does the Republican Party assume it has to become more populist, or is it just kind of a begrudging Hillary was such a bad candidate that, look, this won out anyway? Well, look, if, if Trump wins, I think that he will be able to put more of his um, uh, fingerprint on the Republican Party. Uh, and, and, look, I, this is the problem I have with party politics is that it's okay for the Republican Party to become more populist at times, more, more non-interventionist sometimes, uh, less, you know, I mean, maybe more fair trade versus free trade based on the environment. That's fine. Um, I, I think we need to, we're not just some, you know, monolithic group that believe all the same exact things and we're all together. It's, that, that's not what a political party is. So uh, I do think if Trump wins, then all of a sudden, He'll have enormous influence because he will pick who the next RNC chairperson is, and uh, and and then we'll continue to go with that. Look, if he loses, the next presidential race starts the next day, and I'm sure people in Iowa's phones will be ringing, which uh, I don't know if I would welcome. Uh, we need a little break. Can 81% of the country be wrong? That's how many people are lining up to say Iowa gets the win over Purdue tomorrow. Oh, man. I mean, this Iowa team is just really hard to figure out. It's like you have the senior quarterback. You have really good running back. I think Iowa has been tinkering with the offensive line. I think they'll be a much better Hawkeye team. And and uh, if they can't beat Purdue on the road, then uh, I'm not going to watch any more games. Craig Robinson, a staunch Hawkeye supporter as I know, has just said this is it and thrown down the gauntlet. He will distance himself from the team if they lose on the road I to the Boilermakers. They need to win by more than one touchdown. Come on, boy. Oh, now, now you're setting parameters for them to retain your love. All right, this sounds very controlling to me, and we better let you go before you get into trouble. Craig Robinson, right. the Iowa Republican, next Friday will be post-presidential debate and heading toward Election Day. We'll talk to Craig about that coming up uh, in just a week. All right, we'll wrap it up next. Why my former co-host was on my mind this morning before a surprise drop-in pep talk to the show before we started today. I'll share that with you. And international trade next on The Morning Meeting. Where we go, others will follow. That's who we are. Even if it's not the best idea. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and you're listening to The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD. Just a second left this morning on The Morning Meeting. It has been a full week this week. So former co-host Brian Nichols was on my mind because he loves, even more than I do, a great cigar. The Obama administration this morning announced easing of restrictions on imports from Cuba, Cuban cigars, and Cuban rum. Once again, going to be a thing here in the U.S. So smoke them up if you got them. You don't have to worry about that embargo Hmm. anymore. Now, there's a few finer details to that, but they're not contraband here in the country is what it comes down to. What about baseball players? 
Oh, we've always been able to get those. We don't care about that black market. Okay. That's going to do it for us. Enjoy your local football tonight. More morning meeting coming up Monday. Join us again Monday for the best talk in the Tri-States. The Morning Meeting on Talk Radio 930 WTAD.